Welcome back to another episode of the Adventures of a Disney Dad podcast. My name is Matt. I am your host, along with my co-host, Chip Robinson. Chip, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we're doing well. We're doing well. How about, how about, how's, how's Illinois? It's cold. We got like six inches of snow today, and it has not been enjoyable, uh, especially coming right off of the Florida trip. You, you've you got a new baby, and I'm sure you're cold in North northeast Ohio, too. So how's the baby doing? For- yeah, so so no longer future father of five. I am a father of five. Baby's doing well. Mom is doing well. She came right before the new year on the 28th, so it's awesome. Life, we're adjusting. Luckily, I, I work in an awesome school that said, hey, take as much time off as you need. So I don't like the sub plan, so I just took five days off. I was like, you know what, I just, I just need an extra week and we'll be good. So everybody's adjusting. Her name is Lennon Ann, so I don't know if people like the name. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't really I would love the name. Anything. Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're, we're adjusting. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And it, it going from four to five, you know, is, is a, is a, it's a bit of an adjustment, but it, you're you're seasoned at it, so you know what you're doing. Listen, one one to two was the hardest. From there on out, it's been that easy. I, I I tell people that all the time. They're like, after one to two, it's like playing zone defense, right? You're just yeah. adjusting your zones, and you you make it work. So we are we are so happy for you guys. Congratulations again, and to all our listeners. We had a you know brief hiatus for the holidays, and then Chip had his baby, and I was also on vacation, so we took a couple of weeks off on the on the podcast. But we are back. We've got uh, some great guests lined up over the next couple of weeks, and we've got some fun episodes. So we're going to jump right into it tonight. So first thing I want to jump into is is the latest news at Disney World. Chip, we've got After Hours are back, and I'm not sure how big of a fan you are of After Hours, but they are back at Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Magic Kingdom. Chip, what's your vibe with, with After Hours events? So I actually planned our last trip around After Hours. So we went to those parks based on it. It was more or less, we didn't need just e-ticket attractions. It was like, hey, let's go ride Spaceship, spaceship Earth. Let's go to the, the, the Seas with Nemo. The Magic Kingdom, we rode. My kids wanted to ride uh, Big Big Thunder Mountain. So they ran it, rode it twice. Hey, yeah, there's you can walk on rides. Like we walked on Pirates. It's not too bad. I don't mind it. It's not for everybody though. Like your kids got to be expensive. The ones that, yeah, it's expensive. It I mean, I think Epcot is uh, 149, and they go up to 169, and you're getting three extra hours beyond the normal park hours. Yeah, and you it, can come in uh, earlier. You can come in before the park closes, right? But in terms of extra hours where the park is closed, you get three hours. And, Which and one thing that's that's the unlimited uh, ice cream and, and and popcorn, right? And pop. You do. You get you get some snacks included, and the majority of the rides are open. Like the Tron is has a standby wait at the after hours events at Magic Kingdom, which is huge, especially because that ride is so much better at night. I think that that's that's a big deal for people that really want to make sure they get to ride it. And so that, that's kind of built into the cost, right? It's like an individual lightning lane for that is like 20 bucks. So you might as well just, you know, park that into the cost. But, you know, what's interesting is they're they're starting to change the hours. Like Magic Kingdom on some Fridays at the end of January and beginning of February are going to be open until 11. So it's like if you've got one of those days in your vacation, 
the after hours isn't going to be a huge ad, especially at the cost. That, that's that's kind of the thing to me is that um, it's not like a party event, and it can be a little bit on the expensive side. So, but if you're gonna if you've got the the room in your budget, I think they're awesome to check out. Parents doing a date night there. My wife and I did a date night at an after hours at Magic Kingdom while my in laws watched the kids. Awesome. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun for two parents to get out and go ride some rides and spend some time together at the parks. And we, we really enjoyed it. So definitely, definitely check those out if you get a chance and it's in your budget. A big one, Festival of the Arts. Starts, started up this week. It's short, right? It's the shortest other than Holiday Festival, right? Yeah, so it ends February 19th. So we're getting in and out. And if you saw any of the stuff on social media about it when it opened, it was the Hunger Games for popcorn buckets that light up with figment. Chip and I are not popcorn bucket guys. If you are, that's your thing. Like, more power to you. But there is no way I am waiting in line for a light up popcorn <laughs> bucket. Although I will say, Chip, did you see it? It was pretty cool. All right. So I'm a big fan of it. It looks sweet. But somebody put on, on an X today the Guts. Remember Guts, the Nickelodeon Guts, the Mega Rock that yes. they hold up after the. Someone held it up and said, hey, look, it's a new popcorn bucket. I I, I was like, yeah, they're right. That's funny. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny, too. I saw that meme, and uh, it was good. But let me ask you a related question here, Chip. Where do you stand with Figment? I actually like Figment. I, but you're not obsessed with Figment, right? No, I don't own anything Figment. I think he's, he's, I, I would say he is Epcot's mascot, I guess you could say. Um, Fair. I remember riding the original Figment ride with Dreamfinder. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, it's got that I, history I, and nostalgia and and whatever. But like, and I can't wait I'm to sorry. meet him. I want to meet him. I want to meet him. But I'll, like, I'm not going to wait in line for it like super long. But I would love to see him. That's the same thing I think Matt Richardson said when he was on was you know that he wanted to meet Figment, and, but he wasn't going to wait in line. And I think that's a fair assessment. The, the problem that I have with it is every single bit of merch at Epcot has Figment in it, especially for Festival of the Arts because he's in the logo. So, like, all of it is purple and all of it's Figment, and that's cool. But and the Spirit jersey looked really cool. I'm a Spirit jersey guy. I'm wearing a Run Disney Spirit jersey as we record. I'm comfortable. I love them. And I would get the one for the Festival of the Arts with Figment on it. But, like, there, there comes a point where it's, like, too much Figment. And that, that may be a hot take to, to the people that are obsessed with Figment, but it, it's it's a little much for me sometimes. So Festival of the Arts is kicking off. The food looks fantastic. It all looks great. It's a great festival. One of my favorite artists I've bought pieces from is Noah Fine Art. Uh, I think he's located in Germany around number 14. If you go down, definitely check him out because he's got some of the best art. He does airbrush stuff, and it is it is awesome. Um, and he's a wonderful follow on social media in terms of just having a positive outlook on life and sharing a positive attitude. So definitely check out his art and his social media if you get a chance. Chip, anything I'm, else? I'm going, that, like, yeah, I think the I saw something today that if you do the Festival of the Art Challenge or whatever, there's a kind of a cool reward at the end. You get like a figment or a Mickey that you can paint. I like the paint your own square thing. I just think Festival of the Arts is, is it's kind of one of those the things that gets overshadowed because it's only about a month long, five weeks long. So it's something definitely I 
I want to make it more of a priority to go. Like I would think that's probably, like I said, I've said before, I think it's the best festival. I can argue with you about the best festival, but you know, it, it used to be that when we would do our January trip, like the first or second full week of January, we would catch it at the end. And my daughter loved to do the paint by numbers because you feel like you're a part of something bigger. You get to paint a couple of the numbers. It's a really unique experience. Kids love it. There's just a lot. There's a lot of cool stuff to do and walk around and see. And you get the good food that Epcot always has. That the unique stuff. I thought. I think I saw an Encanto dish that a themed dish that looked really really good. And the food in Japan really stuck out to me as looking really good. There were some braised ribs, I believe, in Germany that looked pretty awesome. It goes without saying, if you're down there during this festival, you need to make it a priority. And it's a good option for kids. There's a lot of fun stuff for them to do, too. And there's some different hunts you can do for Festival of the Arts and stuff like that. So definitely, definitely check it out. I had a chance, speaking of Epcot, while we were down on our recent trip, to check out the Walt statue and the surrounding area. And I wish I would have had a chance to see it at night. But the Walt statue is really, really well done. And I didn't have to wait 20 minutes to get a photo with Walt. But I did take a couple with the PhotoPass photographers there. And it's an awesome area. Uh, if you're a Disney fan, you should definitely check it out. The other thing that we got to do for the first time with the kids was Journey of Water. And I was really – it's another one that I wish I would have been able to do at night. But when you have kids – the, the the amount of times you're going to stay out late at night are limited, and we try to choose, you know, Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom for those nights. But I really wish that we had gotten to do Journey of Water at night. But man, the, the baby, especially the one and a half year old, just loved all the water stuff, and yeah. all of our kids enjoyed it. And I would, oh man, like I, I think any kids are going to have fun there, especially if they're under like eight. It is a blast. Even when it's a little colder outside, you know, the, there's areas where the parents can stay dry. And man, the, the kids absolutely ate it up and loved it. So definitely check out Journey of Water. Props to Disney for that. I, I Do I wish that, and I, my brother-in-law pointed this out several times, Moana should be getting a lot more respect in the parks. I, I think like Tiana's Bayou should have been like a Moana ride. She, Moana should be a higher priority, I think. And having just a walkthrough instead of a full-blown e-ticket attraction, I think is disappointing. But it's well done. It's yeah. well done. I agree. Moana's uh, well, such a very, it's a great, great movie. It's a great character. I've not heard the water ride. That's actually a good take. The only reason I thought it my Disneyland's the only spot to where I can see. Okay, Tiana does belong there with Bayou and Moana Square down there. I mean, that kind of makes sense, but <laughs> that's a good take, though. Moana probably that'd be that fit in really well there. It would, and you know, like when you talk when you talk about expansion with people that are not Disney nerds like you and I are, you talk about Encanto and Coco. And I, you know, Moana only getting a walkthrough is is disappointing on that front, especially when you start talking about Indiana Jones. Like, who who even watches Indiana Jones anymore? Indiana Jones is not in your area. <laughs> but that that's that's a that's a that's a rant for a different day. Another update: the Disney dining plans are live. This is a, a very short plug, but we have a calculator on the website at adventuresofdisneyland.com that will tell you based on what you prefer, your party size, your dates. 
and the cost, whether or not it makes sense for you from a financial perspective, it'll tell you how much money you'll save, which dining plan would be best. Definitely check it out um, and give us some feedback if you have any on that. Um, but the dining plans be are live. And one of the things that I noted was Gideon's does not accept the Disney dining plan. You really have to, you really have to pay attention um, because there's a few that do accept it. And then there's a lot that don't, and they just added the lounges are accepting them. So that, that brings a little different dynamic to what your options are in terms of the Disney dining plan. So there, there's been a ton of talk on social media about the dining plan offer right now, where you can get a free Disney dining plan with certain packages or discounted Disney dining plans, so on and so forth, being a scam because the Disney dining plan isn't worth it and people don't use all their credits and, and all this other stuff. And I, I'm going to tell you, that's part of the reason why I created this calculator is because so many people would come to me as guests booking trips and they're like, I, I don't know if I should do the dining plan. Is it worth it or is it not worth it? And I tell them, look at what you're going to do in the parks and where you're going to eat, plug it into this calculator and it'll tell you <laughs> if it's worth it or not. The, but the gist is if you have kids that are going to be dining at table service meals, the dining plan usually will save you money. Now, of course, it's not going to save you money if you don't use all the credits. That's common sense, right? Like if you get to your last day and you've still got all your snack credits left, you probably have broken even or you're losing money on buying the dining plan. Part of, you know, doing this is that you're going to actually use all the pieces of the dining plan. Otherwise, what, don't don't get it. One of the things they took away, they took away two snacks. You only get one snack now. Mm -hmm. Like For my kids, okay, we'll be walking around and hey we're thirsty so we get a coke for four dollars that's a snack and it okay we just got one and we'll share it amongst the family now i wouldn't get a water but i'll get a coke or something like that or a coffee or something like that i mean it's one of those that i'm a big dining plan guy i love we love using it because we plan our meals that way like we're gonna go like this upcoming trip we're going to boma boma's 60 dollars for an adult and that i mean and that, that's the thing if you're a travel hacker like Chip, if you're a travel hacker like Chip, where you actually pay attention to maximizing these things, so going to the restaurants that are more expensive than the, the cost of the dining plan, you are going to save money. Now, if you waste your credits at, like, you know, doing two credits at Cinderella's Royal Table, don't do the dining plan. That's that's just a waste. The the one thing I will say, too, as a caveat, and, and I'm kind of like this, if you don't like tracking this stuff, don't do it. Like if you don't want to have to keep track of how many, you know, credits you have left or where you're using them or whatever, don't mess with it. Especially like I, I have a client that was booking a, a package for 14 people today. And, you know, five of them are teenagers. If you don't want to like be tracking where they're getting their credits or if they're using them or whatever, then don't mess with the dining plan. It's just a hassle yeah. at that point. And it's too stressful. But if you are more inclined to pay attention to that stuff and you want to save money on your trip and you want to plan out your, uh, your dining reservations, you can absolutely save a very good amount of money and you can check out the calculator on our website. That'll help you figure all that out to see how much you're exactly going to save. The quick service time. We got to talk about the quick service. So the right Disney dining plan, the original is uh, a quick service, a snack in a sit down restaurant credit per day, the quick service, which is significantly cheaper is two quick service meals and a snack 
Oh, you also get a refillable mug if you get the dining plan. And, and that's for both of them. You get the the resort refillable mug yeah. for both dining plans. And and it I have I have a buddy who only gets the quick service and he's an annual pass holder and he loves it because he's like, I don't want to sit down. We like to go get tacos at Mexico. We like to stop at oh, yeah, you, know, you, you know how I am about the tacos in Mexico. That that the, the one thing I'll say about the, the quick service dining plan is it's it's harder to save money. And it's only yeah. because all of the quick service spots are kind of capped out in terms of price. So you can't get that BOMA where it's you know a huge savings in one meal, you know, because Casey's and the taco stands and, and a lot of those quick service spots, you, you're not spending more than twelve or thirteen dollars for your entree. If you can find a quick service spot that has an entree that's you know twenty five bucks or something, then you're you're talking about serious serious savings. The the I biggest say, here at Epcot, I think the quick service. If you're a big Epcot person, I think the quick service is the best thing because you can get a you can get a beer. So if you go yeah, to well, a star fish, you get a, you get a, you get yes. a meal and then a drink. And that and that's that's part of it with both of the dining plans, right? Is is the specialty beverage is is something that depending on the restaurant, you can get an expensive specialty beverage, and you're saving money. But it, again, it goes back to like if that's not something you would normally do, it, yeah. it may not be savings to you, right? Correct. But I I think the dining plan is all what you make of it, and don't get down in the weeds of these people on Facebook and and. TikTok, I saw a TikTok about it saying it was a scam and it just like it was like nails on a chalkboard to me as to how irritating it was because yes it does not you know work for some people but there is absolutely opportunities to save quite a bit of money in compared to just paying out of pocket for the same restaurants so I'll get off my dining plan soapbox for a second I think I think that kind of covers the news we're going to do a little bit of a trip recap we're going to talk about some of the spots that my family went to on our trip last week and some of the things that we experienced. We're going to talk a little bit about Disney Springs in general because we spent a lot of time there while we were staying at Saratoga Springs, checking out different restaurants, Gideon's and, and Summer House were, were two of the big ones that stuck out. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. There, there's two things that I want to kind of, they're more news related. I want to mention off of the, the jump. It was Disney, well, Disney World Marathon weekend while we were down there. Congratulations to all the runners who did Dopey, the 5K, the 10K, the half, the full marathon. The half marathon got um, prematurely cut in half, so down to a little less. I think it was 6.1 miles because of the weather. 7.1. 7.1. A lot of people were really disappointed. Even me as a not runner, not not running this weekend. I've done lots of run Disney events, but I did not run this weekend. I was disappointed because the rain was not that bad. And I don't even think it was ever forecasted to be that bad. So the way that they were pulling, quick to pull the trigger the night before with that kind of weather where run Disney events have had significantly worse weather before, it, it, I think it was just disappointing. That said, they're professionals. They you know deal with weather people, and maybe they saw something different that the majority of us didn't see. But I can understand the disappointment there. The biggest thing I want to mention about this Chip, they've been doing the marathon there for, I think, over 30 years at this point. Yes. Something like that. Or, or close to it. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I ran it in 2023 and my medal was the 30th anniversary. So okay. 
30, 31 years they've been doing the marathon there. There were buses that were taking over an hour to get to the parks almost that entire day until 2 or 3 p.m. There is no way that they should have this kind of traffic problem for marathon weekend, particularly on marathon day. The rest of the days was fine. But I had multiple people texting me pictures sitting on completely full buses. I was on one myself. We didn't wait 45 minutes, but it was it was definitely 30 plus to get to a park. And the the buses were just completely off schedule. They were taking forever. And how they don't have this figured out after 30 years, I don't understand. Now, now let me let me ask this being a marathon or the front of Disney. What time do they get to the Magic Kingdom? What time are you what time are you getting there? Very early. So it's I, I want to say it's like mile, it's between miles three and seven. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, um, well, it's I somewhere mean, around I, there. I get and then you work your way through Animal Kingdom, like you head that way, right? Which yeah. is not very busy road. Driving that, that's what I drove when we were down there this past summer. That road, I would see maybe one or two cars. And you the, the entirety, the entirety of the marathon. So the very last person is out of Magic Kingdom. I would say by eight a.m. Like yeah, at, by eight a.m., the marathon is not in Magic Kingdom anymore. I would, I would guess, it's got to be somewhere around there that they are like cleaning it up. Because you have to run a 16-minute mile before they pick you up off the course. Yeah. And the last waves are out, you know, on the course by like 5.30 in the morning. So, it, to me, it just it blew my mind. Like, we were at Epcot in the middle of the afternoon where people were finishing. And I can understand expecting that to be crowded because that's where they're, you're starting and finishing. It's a mess in that area. But the fact that all of the theme park buses were just a complete, you know, crap show after 30 years just doesn't make any sense to me. And let's talk about let's talk about the fun stuff, man. So oh, yeah. we for first night we were there, we got to go to Summer House. And I, I've got a lot to say about Summer House and the Lake. And I, I think I texted you that night and I was like, Chip, first episode back on the podcast, we gotta talk about this. Right. Well, and I was kind of fired up because I, I I watched YouTubers all the time and I saw the cookie bar and I'm like, listen, I'm an offensive lineman. I love a good cookie. And there's good cookies at Disney Springs, as we'll talk about. There are far better cookies at Disney Springs than the the cake the cookie bar. And let me let me say this: the the Summer House on the Lake cookie bar is the most overrated piece of food I have ever eaten at Disney World. <laughs> and, and that's not an exaggeration. I think my wife and my kids and my in-laws would all agree. It is not a hot cookie. So you see those pictures of those big cookies? It's not hot. It's not fresh. It is more like a cold, like on the outside cooked, but on the inside cookie dough type of cookie. It, it was it was it was like a, I would give it like a two out of ten. I would never pay for it again. That's how bad it was. Wow. Yes. And and we tried a lot of them. We tried the birthday cake. We tried the chocolate chip. We tried the I think it was a triple chocolate chip. We tried snickerdoodle. So we 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 didn't have just like one bad cookie here. Yeah. They were all like that. And, and like, wow. look, I'm not I'm not a cookie hater. If there were no other options at Disney Springs, am I going to eat that cookie? Heck, heck yeah, I'm going to eat that cookie, right? 
but it is not what the vloggers and bloggers and YouTubers have been hyping it up to be. It is not what it looks like on social media in terms of like the, I feel like they're very photogenic cookies. They're great pictures. The The restaurant itself is different. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but the cookie bar is completely overrated. It does not hold a candle to Gideon's. I would probably put the cookie, if I didn't already give it a full grade, I'd give it like a 2.5 or 2.6 out of 10. It was one of the most disappointing things we ate the entire vacation. So that wow. that is my rant on the cookie bar at Summer House on the Lake. Try it. Try it. Everybody should try it. I encourage everybody to try it. But if you agree with me, let us know. So let's, let's, go, let's go to the meal then. Let's talk about the meal. The meal was fantastic. The meal was really good. It was affordable. There were a lot of different options. They've got pizza. They've got tacos. They've got a chicken sandwich. They've got great salads. They've got pasta. And we tried a little bit of everything. I had the chicken sandwich. My wife and my mother-in-law had the pasta. We had shrimp tacos. The guacamole uh, appetizer was awesome. The food was really, really great. And it was it was affordable. It was not a very expensive restaurant. I would absolutely eat there again. I think I'd put it in my, I don't know, probably in my top 15, maybe. I'd have to okay. go back and look at like where I would rank different restaurants. But I, I would absolutely prioritize going there again. It was worth it. Wow. But the cookie nice. bar was like, like I, I would rather eat there and then go to Gideon's after. I think, Chip, we're going to make sure you get a reservation for it. Excuse me, on your next trip. Do it early. And I know I'm a dining plan person, but I think I'm going to pay out cash for that one. It's affordable. The 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 aesthetic of it is awesome, too. It's like a clean, white, beachy vibe because it's based on a restaurant out in California. It's a California-based menu. The, the food was great. The aesthetic was awesome. And they've got some cool merch in there, too. Like, I, I debated buying a sweatshirt because they, it, it just was like a cool... I really like the look of the, the sweatshirt and stuff in there, but they've got some cool stuff. Definitely check it out if you get a chance. I, I would definitely recommend making a reservation if you can get one. I think right now they're still only on open table, not in the My Disney Experience app. So if you're not seeing it, that's probably why in terms of reservations. And also what was really cool with them, they were really flexible. I, I only had a reservation for five and I called them and asked them to up it to eight and they did it immediately without any kind of pushback. And it was on New Year's Day. Yeah, um, right. So dinner on New Year's Day, I thought would be, you know, hard to to pull that off, but they were great about it. Um, so shout out to the staff there at Summer House on the Lake uh, for everything except your cookies. Moving on, we, Gideon's, my, my kids and I had Gideon's for the first time. We were at Saratoga Springs, so it was like where our room was located was a 10-minute walk from our being in my room over to world of disney that's were how fast con- it was were you congress park that area we were right right off of congress park in the paddock so like oh, paddock. we were so yeah, close yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were so close to congress park that we used the congress park bus stop not the okay. paddock bus stop so you walk right through there to the back of disney springs and you come out by earl of sandwich world of disney art of disney that area and so it was a short 10 minute walk i, I walked over almost every morning to get starbucks it's i rope dropped disney springs aren't you proud of me chip uh, i rope dropped yeah, like five days in a row somewhere universal <laughs> I <know you> <laughs> like i mean i was doing i was doing the chip life and 
Disney Springs, I think, is something that gets forgotten about, especially for new Disney planners. Like I, I was talking to a family today that they had never heard of Disney Springs. And there's there's a lot of cool stuff to do. Chip, I know you guys love spending time there. It's it's, it's a must do. It, it really is. Where where does Gideon's and I asked a poll on Instagram about would you wait 30 minutes for Gideon's cookies? And I surprisingly got a lot of no's. I, I think it was like less than 30% were no, and then the other 70 plus percent were heck yes. Chip, where do you stand on Gideon's for you personally? Big fan. Okay. How um, long would you wait for Gideon's? I'd wait 30 minutes. Now they've gone away from the virtual queue. So when no, we they've got it back. Yeah, they they've got it's a it's a well they only do it if the line is like longer I think than like forty five minutes. Yeah. They'll do it. They do a text back virtual queue. Yeah. So you walk up to get in line, you give them your phone number, and they'll text you when it's time for you to come back. So when we went in twenty twenty one, they text. I tried to do it two days. The one day we just didn't go back, and then the next day I was like, hey. You text me back, but I was like four hours ago. They're like, oh, you're good. Go ahead and get in line. And the line, even when they say the line, it's 20 minutes. And then you're inside, and the aesthetic's awesome. But, I mean, that when they don't have a virtual queue, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah, so it was rainy the day that I was there, and so there weren't a ton of people in line. It was, they told me it was a 30-minute wait. I waited about 20 minutes. And, they, man, it's it's so awesome in there. They, they had me wanting to buy candles. Like the, the smells, they got candles by the cash register. I was like, man, I'll, I'll take one of these. <laughs> they smelled so good, like cookies. And but the the you, I think you were the one that pointed it out to me. The peanut butter cold brew, oh. I got it because of my friendship recommended it, and it was the best coffee I've ever had. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a coffee guy, right? So I'm not I'm not one that can grade coffees like I can grade cookies. Um, but it tasted like a peanut butter milkshake and you couldn't get any of that like nasty coffee taste at all. It just was awesome. I'm not, I'm not a cold brew at all. Like I hate cold coffee. I, I, I drink my coffee hot and black my whole life. That's the only thing I'll go and I'll be like, cause you're right. It's a, it's like a, it's a, it's a coffee smoothie, I guess, but it, it's, it's, it's unreal. I have no idea. For for me, coffee is a means to an end. I just want the caffeine boost, and that's it. Since I stopped drinking soda, so like the only thing I care about is like just get this in my body as quickly as possible. So for me, I actually enjoyed that. It was really good. I definitely recommend you try it out. The cookies, they're they're the best cookies I've ever had. Correct. Best cookies I've ever had, and and it's it's not particularly close. Then like a far drop below that is crumble. So if that gives you, if you have a crumble cookies in your area and you know what crumble is, there is a very, very significant drop off between Gideon's and crumble. Would you agree right. with that? Oh, yes. And I've only had like a couple of the crumble, like the pieces of, I'm not, I don't go out and I make pretty good cookies. So I, don't, I avoid that. But Gideon's is one of those we stop early on in the week and we'll buy, I'll buy a dozen maybe or half, half a dozen and then we put them in the fridge and we'll cut it up for the kids. And we take a lot of times we just take them home, like, but it it's we have to go there. My wife finally was like, she gets mad at me because I always try the different ones, 
and she doesn't like like nuts and things but i always get like i got the banana nut the one time or whatever and my wife got mad at me because there was a pistachio one and i didn't get it and like i want like i want six of the chocolate chip and Uh and for those of you that haven't had gideon's that each cookie is almost a half a pound so like when chip says you like you get six which is exactly what we did we got six at the towards the beginning of the trip and then you just cut up little pieces throughout the week they they lasted until the end of our trip and they're still just as good i I don't know that I would like bring them home after like a week. I don't think that they'll like still be as good at that point. But man, oh, Gideon's is a, it, to me it's a must. I hope the chocolate chips not melt. Like that's where it blows my mind. Yeah, and and when you when you see these, you're gonna know what Chip's talking about. They're huge chocolate chips, and they're just covered on the cookie. And they're not melted. And I, I don't get it either. I thought about it for a long time. I'm guessing they cook them and then they put them on there like as they're cooling or something. I don't know. I don't know either. Good, you know, good for them because uh, I, I know it's a small business. They've got two locations in the Orlando area. So support their business. Definitely check them out. I think it's a must at Disney Springs. And it, it is the one thing that like is not overhyped. It is as good as advertised every single time. And my wife is not easy to please on these kinds of things. And I think that she would agree with me. So definitely make Gideon's a priority. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, and I, while I'm on my kind of ranting of learnings here, Chip, we, we made the decision in the middle of our trip to buy tickets for Universal. I love Universal. Shout out to all the Universal folks that listen, because I know there's a few of them that are probably going to give me a really hard time about saying this. Universal without Express Pass is an absolute waste if you have children under the age of eight. Yeah. I'm going to say that one more time. Universal without Express Pass is a waste without with, when you have kids under the age of eight, because there's just not enough there for them to ride, and every single thing that you can ride has a long wait. And the Express Pass is, is expensive. It is expensive. It's not like Genie Plus where it's 25 or 30 bucks a person. The day that we went, we spent for eight people. Well, I take that there's seven people's tickets. So we had tickets for seven. It was a little over $1,800 for one day of tickets for seven people. Okay. And then Express Pass would have been another 149 a person. Yeah. So one day at Universal would have been pushing like what three grand for one day of just tickets and Express Pass, and that's it. I looked into the trick of booking a premier hotel to get Express Pass for free, all that kind of stuff. It didn't make sense for us. I do it for people all the time. So, you know, certainly if you're interested in Universal, I'm not saying don't go to Universal. Universal is awesome. But like I really think if you have little kids, you have to have Express Pass because waiting in line sucks. Yeah. And for the adults, you can't you can't go ride, you can't go wait 120 minutes for Velocicoaster with kids. They can't ride it. And they Universal's awesome because they did they're different in their child swap than, than Disney. They have rooms that the kids can sit in with a TV, but that doesn't get them out of waiting in line. You still gotta <laughs> wait in the line. And so, like, you can't you can't just chuck your kids' iPads for two hours and do Velocicoaster and expect them to just hang out. You know, they want to go and do stuff, and there's not a ton of stuff they can do. Now, if you have Express Pass and you're going to wait five minutes, then the parents can 
sneak a ride in like Velocicoaster or, you know, Escape from Green Gods or something like, or the Hulk. You can do those kinds of things. You can't do it without Express Pass. So if you've got kids, man, you know, plan, plan accordingly is, is my thought process there. We ended up spending only like a half a day at Universal and spent 1800 bucks. And it was worth it because my kids love the Minions and the Minions yeah. area there is awesome. My brother-in-law wanted to see the Harry Potter stuff, so we had to walk through it all. But there just wasn't a ton to be able to do and ride. So, man, I, it was that was the only kind of rough day of our trip, I think. Because you're, you're talking two Ubers, too, 50 bucks each way. It was not a it was not a cheap cheap learning experience. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, That's... you guys, your kids were tired because you broke up, so it means you had to get up early because you had a what twenty five minute Uber ride. You were you texted me about midway through. You're like, yeah, we're gonna head back now. <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I don't I don't say that lightly. Like I said, because I've got a lot of friends that work at Universal, and I know that some of them listen. But I think you just have to really plan your trip. If you've got little kids going to Universal and all that's going to change with Epic Universe and some of the stuff that they're building, they're going to have a lot more options for kids. And I think that's fantastic. But and also people are going to be a lot more spread out. You know, people are not going to be at Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios the way that they're going to be there right now because they're going to be spread over other parks, you know, in the future years. So well, that's it, going to be it, interesting it, it, to see. It, it's one of those that you also have little kids that, that and they have more thrill rides. And it's, we were talking with Holly about the Horror Nights, Halloween Horror Nights, and she said it's more of an older kids event. And um, yeah. that kind of fits fits the bill there. And I, I knew it going into it that, like, there was a lot of stuff that was going to be, you know, not geared to my kids. But I, my hope was, like, you could squeeze in one or two adult rides. You know, like, I can hang with the kids and my wife and brother-in-law can go ride Velocicoaster or whatever, but there was like like the majority of the stuff was 120 minutes, and you just can't squeeze away from that kind of thing. And so to me, it's like if you're gonna try and pull that off, whereas the adults get to get one or two attractions in, while the kids do something else, you you've got to have Express. And I think that's a tough lesson that I learned. I think I knew it in my gut going into it, but it really hammered it home for me, and it's a good experience that. Like I, I tell guests that all the time, but now I've lived it and I can talk about it a little bit more. The last thing I want to end on, and you know, I thought the the parks were crowded for the first part of our trip, which I expected. We used Genie Plus, and Chip, I think we're gonna find out more of how you feel about this on your next trip. But Genie Plus, I think, is losing its luster a little bit. Ooh. And the reason I say that is so many people are buying it that the attractions you buy it for are gone. So like if you do slinky dog in the morning and then maybe your second ride, you have the option of tower of terror at 5 PM rock and roller coaster at 5 PM Mickey and Minnie's runaway runaway railway at 6:30. If you pick one of those, Right. Like, say you pick Tower of Terror at five o'clock because that's the way it's going to do. It's going to go. Right. Like as they get yeah. booked up, the time gets later. So you, you pick Slinky Dog, then you pick Tower of Terror. 
by the time your next two hour allotment comes up, because you're not going to be able to like scan in and ride Tower of Terror and Slinky Dog to get a new one, by the time it comes up, Mickey and Minnie's is gone or at nine o'clock, and Rock and Roller Coaster is gone or at nine o'clock, and you're left with I don't want to call it junk, but you're left with like character meets, shows, and stuff that you don't want to use Genie Plus on. Yeah. And I think the same can be said for all of the parks. Like, like I felt that way when we used it at Epcot on popular days. Which Magic Kingdom, I think, is the only one that you could really say because they have the most options, in my opinion. I know what you're saying. Epcot's one that, like, do I really need to use the Genie Plus to go get on Living with the Lake? No. But, but but like but like we we did the one day we did Frozen so Genie Plus we used Frozen we didn't get Remy's because we picked Frozen first and Remy's was gone by the time you know your next your nine o'clock slot comes up Remy's is gone so to me Frozen was the higher priority but like I don't remember what we chose I think I chose because we were park hopping that day so I think I chose something I think I chose like Tower of Terror at night. Yeah. For my second second selection, by the time my third selection rolls around, so it's a, at eleven a.m. Third selection rolls around, test track was gone. Like I couldn't even pick test track. <laughs> like yeah. I, you know, I'm sitting there like, what else would you even use this on at Epcot? It's not gonna feel like a waste if you if you've already lost you've lost Guardians, you've lost test track, you've lost Frozen, and you've lost Emmys. What are you using Genie Plus for at that point? Uh. Yeah, like like Soren, you can normally get. I may not have been able like, to get that. But what I mean, even if you could get it, why why like, are you really getting your money's worth by using Genie Plus on Soren? So and, and and there's a lot of people that like came to me and they were like, oh well, you know, you've got a rope drop and you know use your Genie Plus right away because I stack Genie Plus right, so yeah. I pick the times and then I put them all in like the same kind of area. So from like 5 to 9 p.m., all of my Genie Pluses are in that same time time period so that I can go back to the resort and hang out, and then my kids come back, and we don't wait for anything. We just go ride, 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 and then we leave. If you rope drop and you go straight to Frozen with your Genie Plus, and then you immediately select Remy's, Remy's is not going to be until three hours later, and you're going to have to, like, whatever you go to next, you're going to have to wait in line for. Which defeats yeah. the whole purpose of Genie Plus. Like, what's what's the point then? So, so how we back how the we, same problem? Yeah, and so how we've done it, and uh, this is how I'll do it. So I know I'm just giving you my advice, my tips, whatever. Is when I'm gonna if I'm going to Epcot, I'm booking Test Track or Frozen, one of those two. I am rope dropping Remy's because I'm going through either. Listen, here's a hot tip. Go to Hollywood Studios and catch the Skyliners and go through what was the International Gateway and go right to Remy's because and but that, that that helps you that helps you get more attractions done and I I get that like for me we were just skipping Remy's right but yeah. that doesn't that doesn't take away the fact that like you rope drop Remy's then you do Frozen and then you do Soren or Test Track you're having the same problem that I had which is nothing's left. <laughs> Like nothing's left so, that you'd want to use Genie Plus on. And you know, but, but, but the, the downfall that I have is and the thing I don't like, and I get why they do it, is only being able to use it for one ride. Like so you can only use it for frozen once. 
okay, I get that, but it's also like if there's if there's availability, why why can't I have it? There's never out? availability though. That's yeah. the problem. It's like like those rides are not going to be available. The, the 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 issue, in my opinion, is that they need to make Genie Plus more expensive. I hate saying that, but like less people need to have it so that there's more options available later in the afternoon. Like there there should there should not be a point and this is just my perspective it should be where you shouldn't ever have to wait more than 10 minutes which is very similar to express pass which is kind of ironic because i complained about it being so expensive but <laughs> there, there should never be a point where you're looking at genie plus in my this is just my opinion where you're looking at genie plus to make your next selection at any point during the day and all of the rides are not available you yeah. unless you're getting to like 6 p.m where you're getting close to close I can understand them starting to cut them off at that point. But like, if you're at one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, you should be able to select any ride you want if you've paid for Genie Plus. That, that's my perspective. I'm cool with them keeping it where you can only ride them once. But if I buy Genie Plus at Epcot, I should be able to ride Frozen, Remy's, Test Track, Soren, and not have an issue if I'm paying $20 a head or whatever. So that that's that's my rant. Like I, I think they've got to keep. They, there's got to be some changes to Genie Plus. I, I think, and hopefully there are. But it's just becoming. It's come to the point where everybody's paying for it because they don't want to wait in line for anything. So that was just our our experience. How how was the trip overall? Like I know we're we're going to talk about Saratoga and and but how I, I know you went that week. Uh, how was it? How was the weather? How was how was that? It was the weather was perfect. I, I can't complain at all about the weather. I think it was exactly you know mid mid I say mid sixties to mid seventies every single day, and to me that's perfect. Like it's some days I wore pants, majority of days I wore shorts and a t shirt or shorts and a hoodie. You bring a jacket with you just because at night or in the early morning it's going to be cold. But otherwise, it was awesome. I have no complaints about the weather. That's the main reason we love going in January. <laughs> Saratoga, Saratoga is awesome. We ordered groceries and and cooked the majority of our breakfasts. We cooked dinner once. We always made lunch for the kids. I took it in lunch boxes to the parks. I love Saratoga. It's it's. I would absolutely recommend it to anybody. And uh, we had a great trip. And I January is just to me. It's the hidden gem of Walt Disney World vacations. I, I think it's the absolute best time to go. If you could go this week, the second week in January, there's nobody there. We got stuck because, you know, January 1st, there was, it was still crowded from the holiday crowds and it was awesome. It was awesome. I can't wait to go back. I'm trying to see if I can swing a flower and garden February trip. So we will see about that. Hopefully our wives aren't listening, but we might, might see the podcast crew down there. Who knows? There you go. That's right. We might we might have to go live, uh, like the vloggers walking around with uh, with our phones. But I got a new uh, camera. I'm in. Let's do it. I, I love it. I love it. That that's gonna wrap it up for us. We're just under an hour. We appreciate you listening. And as always, uh, feel free to reach out if you would like a quote or help with your next Walt Disney World or Universal vacation. Our services are completely free to you. I am a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel. You can reach out to me through the Magic for Less or adventuresofdisneydad.com to get your free no obligation quote. And we would love to get started helping you on your next vacation. 
thank you for your listening. We, uh, we know you have a lot of choices when it comes to the content that you consume, and we appreciate you letting us be a little bit a part of your life and helping you learn a little bit more about Disney and enjoying our rants and tips and, and all that stuff. So follow us on social media. Chip, where can people find you? Robinson Dad Life on Instagram. I always want to say Exchangeagram, but it's Instagram. Uh, my my <laughs> man. And uh, I am at Adventures of a Disney Dad on Facebook, Instagram. Please feel free to follow, reach out, DM questions. We've got a lot of fun guests and things planned for our next episodes. And we will see you there and in the parks. See you when we see you.